Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. Okay, in this episode, this is part two of our two-part copywriting masterclass training. So part one was all about how to write how to prepare yourself and how to write great copy. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, make sure you do. It's great foundational knowledge to then be able to implement what I'm going to share with you in this episode, which is all about what to write. When you're trying to write words that get people to take a certain sort of action, whether that's social media post, email, copy for your brochure, for your products and services, your website, wherever those words appear there is there's a certain um there's an art to writing words that cause people to take action that move them emotionally that makes them want to do something so um this episode is all about the structure the anatomy of a great email sales letter social media post what are the key things that you want to have included in that piece of copy. Um, And as I said, the process in terms of how I prepare and write great copy was in the previous episode. Make sure you listen to it. This episode is all about what to write. And this structure, there's six different elements that make up a great piece of copy. And this really came about um, because what I did was I studied and analysed, first of all, great pieces of copy that I'd read that had caused me to take action. Um, And then in my early days as a a copywriter, I looked at my best performing email campaigns, sales letters, uh, other campaigns, etc. And I went, right, what are the common things here that I've done well that have caused this piece to perform better than others that I've written. So the six elements of a great piece of copy. The first is that you've got to do something to capture attention. So the first element of any great piece of copy is capture attention. Um, and so if you're maybe writing a social media post, you're if you follow up if you follow me on any of my social platforms, Facebook's the one where I'm most active. Um, you'll probably have seen that a lot of my posts start with a one-liner in capital letters because when people are scrolling through the feed, it captures attention. Uh, same thing if you're looking through your email inbox and you'll see an email from me, the subject line is there to capture attention. That kind of subject line would probably be, in a lot of cases, very similar, if not the same, as what I would post as my opening line on a social media post, for example. Um, Or, for example, if you're landing on a web page of mine, the headline. So that first line of text is designed to capture attention. So I always make it visibly big and bold. Obviously, when you're on social media, on Facebook platforms like that, there's only so much you can do within, um, you know, within the limitations of the platform. So I'll normally go capital letters, all caps, um, and 
to be fair, they've just recently added this function, I believe. Um, I don't know how recently. I found it recently. That doesn't mean it's a recent addition that you can actually do bold and italics and stuff like that on Facebook. So I'd always want the headline, that first line of text to visually stand out, normally do it in caps, more recently in bold. Um, and you want it to be something like the words need to be something that's going to stop people in their tracks. Remember, if you're on social, people are scrolling through. Um, I'll also use images on social to capture attention as well. So um, I'll always accompany my post with an image because that's more likely to stop people while they're scrolling. Um, but what I came up with that I thought would be useful to share with you here in this episode is like a, a template, a formula, if you like, for writing um, a, a headline, a subject line, a uh, opening line of a social post that will get attention. Um so let's say for argument's sake, just give you a couple of examples. Let's say you're writing a post about, uh, let's say you're in the fitness industry. I know a lot of our listeners are in the fitness industry, personal trainers, nutritionists, etc. Um, your, your opening headline or the thing that you'll use to capture attention, um, a formula, a structure, there's loads of different ways you can do this, but an example would be um, how to get this result that they want in this period of time without having to do X, Y, and Z, any of the stuff they don't want to do. So here would be a good couple of examples. So I I talked about health and fitness. This was actually a a headline that I wrote for a client many, many years ago who um, was doing weight loss coaching for women. Um, And the headline was how to drop two dress sizes in 30 days without having to kill yourself in the gym or give up any of your favorite foods. Um, that That's quite a long opening line. So you probably wouldn't use that in an email subject line, but this was for a, a web page, a landing page where somebody would have clicked an ad or clicked through from an email to land and find out more about a coaching program. This headline grabs attention. It, it, speaks to the result, the thing that somebody would want, um, how to drop two dress sizes in 30 days, time bound, without having to kill yourself in the gym or give up any of your favorite foods. So that was a a great example of using that formula that I mentioned, how you can or how to get this result, in this case, drop two dress sizes in this period of time, 30 days, without having to do any of the stuff you don't want to do, like kill yourself in the gym, give up any favorite foods, etc. Um, and obviously that headline was appropriate for that coaching program. And the promise, the result is a result that that coach had got with other clients in the past. So it could be backed up with evidence. You can't just make crazy outlandish claims. Clearly, you've got to be able to back them up with evidence. Um, another example, similar formula, um, was actually a headline that I used a lot a few years back for um, I had a, a three-day training uh, that I ran live called the Bums on Seats Bootcamp. It was all about how to um, put bums on seats in your live events. And the headline we used on the web page for that was how to sell out your live events every single time without having to spend a fortune on advertising. So how to get this result, how to sell out your live events every single time. We didn't put a period of time on it because there's a lot of variable factors in this without having to, and the thing they really don't want to do, 
a lot of time is spend loads of money on ads. So how to sell out your live events every single time without having to spend a fortune on ads was another headline that followed that formula. And by the way, I've got loads of other examples, a couple of uh, posts that I published on Facebook recently that got really good engagement, really good reach. Uh, One, this one um, I, I posted actually in my Expert Empires community on Facebook. And the headline was in capital letters, simply how to write emails, posts, etc. that convert, plus get a free gift worth £2,000. So again, that, that was not following the exact formula I've just shared, but it was big, bold and obvious how to write emails, posts, etc. that convert is the promise, plus a free gift worth £2,000 got people's attention. So we got way more reach on that post in our group, way more comments than we would normally get. Um, worked really well because not only did it have that that headline uh, that captured attention, but it also then followed all of the other five elements of a great piece of copy. So capture attention is the first thing you've got to do in your copy. The second one is use credibility. So if somebody's going to respond to your email, click a link on your social media, uh, if they're going to like register for your webinar or online training, or maybe even purchase a product or service online, there's got to be some degree of credibility built in. Um, and there's a few different ways that you can build credibility. Now, one of the things that I think I like to think I've done well, maybe feedback and disagree. I like to think I've done quite well over the years in my copy is build my credibility, but in a way that doesn't like overtly throw success in people's faces because let's face it that isn't the most appealing way uh, it's not the best way to build connection rapport um you want you want to show that you're credible but not like a show off basically so um of course a couple of ways you can build credibility one is to talk about your own success and results i think the key is to do that with a certain degree of humility so of course, if you've got amazing results yourself in business, in terms of financial uh, wealth creation, in terms of health, fitness, relationships, any of these things that you might be an expert in, you've got to share that you've succeeded and that you've got results in that area because that makes you credible. But doing it with a degree of humility and the way you do that is to also share your fears, your failures, where you might have fucked up in the past um, to counterbalance the success. So whenever I'll share stories about success that I've had in business, I'll always make sure to share the truth, which is there have been lots of bumps in the road. I had failures at the start. I've had failures all the way through my career. And it just so happens that I've been able to navigate around those failures and achieve certain degrees of success. And Um, by no means do I think I've got all the answers and by no means do I think I'm the expert that has all the answers to everything. So I think having a certain degree of humility as you share your successes, your results, really, really important. Um, If you can subtly show credibility, that's great as well. So for example, um, I've got uh, a number of clients who are in the property education space. And so they might um, publish Uh, ads or posts on social media and you want to of course um, 
capture attention. That's the first step. Secondly, you want to build credibility. There's a couple of ways you can do that. You could either post, let's say you've achieved financial success through property investing. You could post a photo of you draped over a ridiculously expensive car in front of a massive mansion. Not the most subtle. Or you could post an image of you showing a refurb that you're working on, which looked really shitty to begin with and now looks really nice. That shows credibility, but it doesn't, it's not quite as garish as the cars and the mansion. Um, so I think subtlety in your credibility, your successes, your results is key. The alternative, um, and I love this way of doing it, is that you can share your clients' successes and results in your copy. So of course, when you're writing a post or an email or a, a sales letter or, or copy for your website, you might talk about your story, your successes, your results. You might also feature client successes and their results as well. Um, I love doing this because it, it kind of shines the spotlight on somebody else. So it's easy to do this with a degree of humility and not come across as arrogant to say, hey, you know, um, here's what so-and-so said about our program or here's the results this person got as a as uh, as a direct impact of being in our mastermind program or attending our event or whatever it might be so really shining the light on clients and their successes their result their results great way to build credibility the key is to make sure that you don't take all the credit for the success or the result because ultimately they had to do the work you know you might show if you're in the fitness space you might show before and after photos of clients you've worked with. Um, and of course, you know, you had an impact on that result, but they were the ones that had to do the work. They were the ones that had to stick to the plan. So I think making sure that you um, explain that fairly and thoroughly in your copy is pretty important. Um, so step number two of writing great copy is to build credibility. Number three um, is to create, especially if you're, this is really important, if you're writing copy to actually make a sale. So this would be appropriate um, on a sales letter where somebody's going to buy online. Uh, in our case, um, we have a brochure um, for our various different mastermind programs. And within that brochure, step number three is to create a contrast between the value your product, service or program offers and the price the actual fee that they're going to have to pay to purchase it. So there's a few ways that you can create a contrast between high perceived value and relative to value low-ish price. Um, and of course, that's all relative. So, you know, you still want to, our, our mastermind programs uh, are anything between six and £25,000 a year. Um, so how do I make the price is the price? My job is to create high perceived value relative to that price. So there's a few ways you can do it. Number one, um, build actual real world monetary value around the program. This is why um, our three mastermind programs are branded 50K Mastermind, which is all about how do you make your first £50,000 in sales as a an expert, a coach, consultant, mentor. The six-figure mastermind, which is how to build a six-figure, multi-six-figure business as an expert, and our seven-figure mastermind, which is how do you do, uh, how do you build to a million pounds plus a year in sales? So just the the names of the program builds monetary value, and in our brochure, um, which by the way you can access uh, on our website, just go to expertempires.com and you can see an example of the copy checklist in action. So. You can see our brochure, which has got all of the different elements that I'm talking about here 
um, regarding our mastermind program. So um, building monetary value. So in that brochure, you'll see that not only do we brand our mastermind programs based on the financial result people can expect when they invest in the program and participate fully, but also you'll see how we talk about the increased result they get relative to the financial investment. So that's one way to create contrast between perceived value and actual price. The second is to build emotional value. So you might be listening to this going, well, there isn't a direct financial result that people will get when they purchase my product or service or program. In that case, fine, you can still build emotional value relative to price. So how important is it for somebody to lose weight so that they can feel confident when they're on holiday or that they can play with their kids or whatever? How important is it for somebody to overcome the pain of feeling like they're unfulfilled in their relationship? And what's that worth to them? So looking at building emotional value relative to price. Uh, the third thing you can do to build contrast between uh, perceived value and actual price is offer a discount um, for somebody taking certain action. So um, obviously this has to be legitimate. So, um, you know, if something, I, I actually believe the legal requirement is that some a product or a service or a program has to have been sold at a certain price for four weeks consecutively in order for you to be able to legitimately discount it down. So if you've been offering a product or service or program at a certain price for a period of time, you could discount, which of course will create a contrast between, hey, this is normally a thousand pounds and now you can get it for 500. That creates a contrast between perceived value and actual price. And then finally, the other thing you can do um, without discounting prices, because you might not want to do that. We never discount on our mastermind programs anymore. We used to, but we've stopped doing that. We haven't done that for about a year or so. Um, you could add other bonuses in. So, you know, when you purchase this program, you get these additional valuable bonuses, gifts, experiences that you wouldn't normally get, which of course, those bonuses have real world value, which increases the perceived value relative to the actual price. So third piece of the copyright and checklist is to find a way to create a contrast between the perceived value of the program and the actual price that you're charging. Um, number four is case studies and testimonials. So we talked about building credibility through client results. Um, this is this piece is about how do you actually document that? So a few different ways that you can document case studies, testimonials in copy. So, of course, you could um, tell your own story. You could tell the story of a client in your voice. But case studies and testimonials tend to be really powerful when they're written in that person's voice. So, for example, um, the best kind of testimonial you could create is one that starts with the word since. So, since enrolling in Nick's 50K Mastermind, I've generated over £50,000 in my first 10 months. Um, we actually had a client, that was the exact testimonial. Um, or since attending Expert Empires, I've formed two new partnerships that have added £17,000 in direct sales to my business. So since I did this, I've achieved that. Um, it's a great, it's the best format 
for testimonial for sure um, and it's got to feature a result the the kind of testimonials i see them all the time um on people's websites and stuff and it's like oh jody's the best coach in the world it's like great i don't really want the best coach in the world i want a result so tell me specifically since i started coaching with jody what result have you had in what period of time so that's really important for the best quality testimonial make it results focused and time bound um, obviously you might not have a, if you're just starting out, you might not have clients that have all worked with you and got great results. You might be in the early stages and just got your first client or two. So you could certainly use a, before I started having coaching with this person, I was feeling X, Y, and Z, and now I'm starting to feel A, B, and C. So before, and well, I suppose this is a, the difference is, the first one is you've got the result already. The second one is you haven't got the result yet, but you're having a great experience. Not as powerful, but still better than not having a testimonial. And really the, the best way to uh, utilize case studies and testimonials is to have before and after. Um, if you can do visuals, even better. So especially if in the obviously in the health and fitness industry, this is widely used. Before images, after images. That tells its own story um, with maybe a bit of copy to go along with it. By the way, all of the things I'm talking about here, um, you could do visually and also through the written word. But really, this this episode, of course, is all about writing copy and doing this through the written word. Um, you could use video testimonials on your website or case studies. But I, I think specifically for the purposes of this episode, I want to talk about the written word and using those. Often video testimonials aren't that effective because, first of all, not everyone watches them. And second of all, sometimes the subject of the video isn't that great at communicating effectively on camera. Whereas if it's in writing, you can edit it, perfect it, get them to sign off on it. And the testimonial has a lot more, um, is a lot more effective, a lot more powerful. Um, number five element of our copywriting checklist is to create urgency. So with any piece of copy, whether it's an email to get people to register for a webinar or to get them to download a PDF document, or maybe it's a post on social, um, getting them to take some sort of action, or maybe even it's a web page on your site that's actually getting people to buy a product or a service, you need to create some kind of urgent reason for them to do it now. Human beings, it's, it's human nature to procrastinate, we'll do it later, so we've got to create some form of urgency so people take action now. So a few ways you can do that. There's loads, but these are just a few. First one is limit the amount of people or units that are actually available. So, for example, um, when you do, let's say you're doing a webinar, you can legitimately limit the numbers by saying, you know, I'm only able, certain platforms, you're only able to have like 100 people on a webinar at any time. Um, so actually tell people that there's limited spaces right now. Um, you know, I'm recording this episode in uh, October 2020. And so we're not in the UK able to run large scale workshops and events. What we are able to do, at least in the local area where I am, is run small number workshops, 25 people max. So it's actually we're using this to our advantage. We're saying, hey, we've got this workshop this session happening live in person we only have 25 seats or in some cases we only have 10 seats available so that urgency makes people go well i better book now otherwise i'm not going to get a seat so 
it prevents procrastination or delay, makes people take action. Now, obviously, the urgency has to be legitimate. You can't say, oh, there's only 25 seats available. Then when people turn up, there's 200 people in the room because then clearly you're going to lose all connection and all trust. So the limited spaces, limited units need to be legitimate. Um, but it is effective in terms of getting people to take action on your message, on your copy. So we did a promotion recently, uh, again, in my Facebook group, um, where effectively we were running uh, a free mastermind session at my office with me, 10 people max, 10 people only. Um, and we filled up the 10 spaces in a matter of minutes. We opened up another session, filled that as well. I think we, we've now got 10 or 15 sessions running, most of which are fully booked because it's 10 people max, because it's a three-hour mastermind session. In order to serve every single person in that three hours, I can't have more than 10 people in the room. It just doesn't work. So that's legitimate urgency that we've created, and it's worked very, very well. Um, the second way that you can create urgency is to only offer a certain thing, whether it's a product or a service or a free gift, for a limited period of time. So to say, right, you can take advantage of this um, free PDF report. Um, I'm making it available for a limited time only, which means on Friday the 15th of November at 5 p.m., we're pulling it down, so you've got to get it before then. Um, you've got to be really specific with when that product service program is going to be removed, is no longer available. Um, I've seen this um, done incredibly effectively over the years. Um, a lot of the kind of product launch strategies, formulas uh, that are taught out there utilize this, this strategy to great effect. We do this all the time whenever we launch tickets to our events. We'll say, um, for Expert Empires, for example, we'll say, right, um, tickets are going on sale on this time, on this day, and um, the, we'll offer a discount on tickets for the early adopters, and the £200 discount on tickets expires at 5pm on Friday, the whatever date it is, um, and that, again, that helps us get a big rush of tickets straight out of the gate, um, and whenever we have a deadline on a discount or on, um, for example, we often are uh, often offer free upgrades for the first 200 people that buy. We'll get those first 200 bought really quick and then there'll be a deadline for the discount. So using urgency in the copy to cause people to take action, really effective. And and other than that, really creating urgency by explaining your copy, why is now the best time? Why is now the best time for somebody to purchase a ticket to your workshop or event? Why is now the best time for them to get coaching with you? Why is now the best time for them to join your online program that you're running? Why is now the best time for them to become a member of your Facebook group? Whatever it might be. Why is now the best time? That's a question you want to be thinking about answering in your copy regards to creating urgency. Um, and then finally, the sixth element of our copywriting checklist is real simple, but really important, which is to have a, a clear and concise call to action. So very clearly, Ensure that on any social media post or any email you send out or on any web page where you want people to take a specific action, that it's really obvious what you want them to do next. So on my most successful uh, social media posts and campaigns, generally speaking, um, I'll say, right, so um, for example, um, I'm running a online masterclass webinar, call it what you like. We don't really call them webinars, but um, run an online masterclass Wednesday evening. 
here's what we're going to cover. Here's what it's all about. Free to attend. Um, you know, we don't normally do limited spaces on online sessions because we've got the ability to put hundreds and hundreds of people in. Um, but you might do if you have got that limitation. Um, and let, all I'll say, so the, the call to action, which is normally near the bottom, is to get the link to register, just comment yes below and I'll get one of my team send you a message with the link. Um, so it's very clear. The action is comment yes below and we'll send you the link. Or maybe on an email, it's click here to get more information. Click and make sure that that action is very clear, that it's visually big, bold and obvious so they can't visually miss it. Um, and you might repeat it more than once. So like on a, on a long form old school sales letter, I'll normally repeat the call to action like three, four, five times. Even on a social media post, I'll probably repeat it two or three times. Um, same thing on an email, I'll probably put at least two or three click links or buttons in for them to take action. Um, I can't tell you, like, it's simple and obvious, but most a lot of people get this wrong. Like they'll, they'll do all of the other things I've said. They'll capture attention with a great headline or subject line. Um, they'll build credibility in their copy. They'll create a contrast between perceived value and actual price. They'll include case studies, testimonials, or create urgency. They'll do all these things to get people to go, yeah, I want this. But then the call to action or the close isn't clear enough, isn't visibly... Oftentimes, especially with longer pieces of copy, people are skimming through and they miss the call to action and you've missed the boat. So we've got to make sure that the call to action is big, bold, obvious, repeated two, three, maybe even four or five times, depending on the length of the piece. Um, and that it like it's very clear. Ordinarily, I'll only give, especially on social media posts, one call to action. One thing I want you to do, comment yes below and I'll send you the link. Um, or for example, on a sales letter online, it will be click here to register now. And they click the button, it takes them through to the order form. Same thing for webinar registration. So visibly big, bold and obvious. If you go onto any of my web pages, there'll normally be a number of buttons to click, but they're all telling you to do the same thing. And they're like, we normally have them orange or a bright color. So they stand out um, and people don't miss them if they're skimming through, which they normally will do if it's a long piece of copy. So hopefully you found part two of this copywriting masterclass valuable. Again, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, part one, where we talked all about how to write great copy, what my process is. I've got a six step process for preparing yourself and making sure that you're creating the best work possible. And then this episode's all been about what to write, what the anatomy or what the ingredients of a great piece of copy are. So hopefully you found this really valuable. If you want any more um, free tips uh, and hints about how you can write great copy or do better marketing in any area of business, make sure you join our free Facebook group, the Expert Empires Community. Just search Expert Empires Community in the Facebook search bar and I will see you there. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.